Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Water freezes at uh, 32 degrees Fahrenheit or 0 degrees centigrade. That means that at 33 degrees Fahrenheit, water isn't frozen. Maybe cold, but it's not ice. It means at 32.1 degrees, it's not frozen. Frozen is an altered state of water. And water doesn't know frozen until it's frozen. So for water to talk about ice is conjecture until it hits 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Prior to that, it's hot, but it's not boiling. And when it's boiling, things begin to happen to water that don't happen to it prior to its boiling. Steam is given off. It becomes a gas. It's no longer water. Gas is an altered state. It's different than water. Men live their lives and they cannot imagine death. It doesn't occur to them. When they die, they are no longer alive. It's an altered state. Something dramatically has changed. <coughs> La ilaha illallah is translated, I do not exist, only God exists, only Allah exists. Well, how much do I not exist? To what extent do I not exist? How much of me is still there when I say La ilaha illallah? There's a story of a great master who had been in bed and he was surrendering. And he was traveling through the spheres to the point where he would totally disappear as his mortal self. And his wife walked into the room just before he had gone and she began to shake him 
calling him by his name. And he heard it. And he recoiled from all of the traveling that he had done to disappear back to being in his mortal state. What is the strength of our own ego? And how devious is it in telling us that it doesn't exist? What is the strength of our own ego and how devious is it in telling us it doesn't exist? Do we think that because we say La ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah La ilaha that we somehow disappear? Or are we in the midst of religion where we repeat for the sake of ritual and we say things because we are told we will be rewarded? Rabia said she does not desire heaven nor is she afraid of hell. She's only looking for Allah. It's a very powerful statement because it means she's not attached. Who is it that looks for heaven? Our egocentric self looks for heaven. Why? Because our egocentric self looks to be rewarded. Islam means surrender. Surrender to what degree? We all need courses in the difference between absolute and trying. Between absolute and on the way to. We need to be able <clears throat> to differentiate the difference between striving and not striving. Being. We should understand that as long as we are in the act of striving, we are. Who's striving? What's striving? Who's trying? What's trying? When do we get to the point where we aren't trying? We are. We have disappeared and we are no longer connected. The state 
of absolute surrender is different than the state of religion. Religion is the perpetuation of ritual <clears throat> to be able to live an appropriate life within the confines of the elements and the confines of this world. Surrender is to disappear from this world. Disappearing and living appropriately within are not the same thing. Ritual and disappearing are not the same thing. What are we doing? What are we trying to do? And how do we do it? Do we meditate for the sake of meditation? Do we meditate for the sake of disappearing? Do we meditate for the sake of reward? What's the purpose of meditation? When we search for ourselves, what are we searching for? Is it possible that any concept that we have as to what we are searching for keeps us from the goal of disappearing? What is it that stands between the truth and ourselves? We stand in the way of the truth. And only when we surrender can the truth be seen. How surrendered do we need to be? We need to be absolutely surrendered. You can't have vestiges of yourself and still be surrendered. When you see a surrendered being, you see the difference. And we were given the experience of being with Bawa Muhayyadeen, a surrendered being. The phrase, nobody, nobody's home, is not an insult. It's a recognition of an elevated state. And nobody's home doesn't mean nobody's home. It means nobody worldly is home. Nothing connected to this world is home. Nothing connected to the elemental form of being still exists within that being. Somehow, they have gone beyond 
the pulls and the pushes of the elemental. Somehow, they have gone beyond the magnetisms and the fascinations of the elemental. Somehow, they have left the emotional journey of the world. They've left the pain and the joy of the world. They've left the praise and the blame of the world. They've left the enjoyments of the world. And they've left the horrors of the world. There's no longer an attachment to any of it. And that's when you consider things in this way that you begin to understand the meaning of attachment. It's no longer, well, I can take it or leave it. I don't have to have it in order to keep my life going. It isn't going to upset me terribly. It means that you have no attachment to it. It's an absolute. You have become detached. The remnants of the ego have been dissipated. There's nothing of the worldly self left. And you become a place that pure consciousness, pure truth flows through and you become holy. You become a center of holiness just by being. Because everything worldly has left. So all that's left is reality. Hak. And at that point, the presence that exists is a presence that is Hak. And that's when Anal Hak takes place. I am not the world. I am not the self. I am not the ego. I am not the vision of your eyes. I am not the senses that can somehow describe me. I am not. Only God is. I am not. Only God is. I am not. Only God is. And when I am not is absolute, only God is, is. And that which is the mystery and the sanctity and the holiness and the grace and the love and the compassion is and it comes to those who come in the presence of it and when we came before Bawa we were relieved 
the burdens that we carried were gone because we were in the place of reality. The difficulties that we knew were gone because if we could tune in to that reality, we were with that reality. And as we withdrew from that reality, everything came back. But, that all had to do with, could you tune in to the place that he was? Or, was your egocentric self so powerful that when you were with him, you drew a veil so strong that he couldn't penetrate and you became a watcher? A watcher of reality, as opposed to a participant in reality. The watchers of reality keep all their connections. And Satan enters them. And even in the presence of light, they continue to put forth arrogance and their own misery. Because they will not cannot surrender. They refuse to go beyond that place of self. And they've made that place of self their hawk, their reality. So, not I is the place of holiness. I is the place of Satan. And people are making this choice all the time. And the hypocrites that existed around the prophet had chosen the place of I. They couldn't surrender to the prophet and through the prophet to Allah. They had to maintain what they believed was the integrity of their own self their own thoughts, their own ideas, and that which they wanted to move forward. Watch your thoughts for an extended period of time. How many of them make sense, and how much of it is dribble that you react to? You should understand somewhere that the mind is capable of thinking anything. And when the mind gets deranged, it can really think of anything. So, we have to pull back. And we have to make a decision in our own being. And this decision has to do with our trajectory. Where are we going as a being? What is it that we're looking to become as a being? Do we take the path of Napoleon where we want to rule the world? Do we take the path of Stalin where we want to rule the world? Do we think that that is where we are going. And it's interesting. Because 
you don't have to be Napoleon with large armies to think you can rule the world. A lot of people sit still and believe they rule the world from the spot they sit in. Many of them end up in insane asylums. But that doesn't stop them from thinking what they're thinking. But if we stay in love with our ego, this is our trajectory. Or do we choose the trajectory of disappearing and finding the truth and becoming at one with that which is everything, at one with that which is Allah. This is the choice that we have to make in our life on a constant basis. And if we make the right choice and choose Allah, we are simultaneously choosing lots of other things. We're choosing to be the ones who don't interfere, which makes us tolerant. We're choosing the ones who are an aid to creation, which makes us merciful and compassionate. We're choosing to be the ones who care for all of creation, which makes us loving. So, what is it that we choose, and what is the direction we want to go? What's our trajectory, and what have we chosen for that to be? I, or not I? Not I leads to Allah. I leads to the grave and the death of all of the machinations that our mind has thought up. The mind proposes, Allah disposes. Islam means surrender. It also means surrender from Islam. Surrender from everything. We can't hold on to things and be in a state of surrender. The state of Sufiyat is beyond Sharia, Tariqat, Hakikat, Marifat. It's the state of disappearing. May we all get to know that state. May we find out what it's like to be without the constant gnawing of the ego, without the constant gnawing of the self eating at us and causing us to be involved in all the horrors that are existence. May we know the truth. May we know Hak. May we know reality. May we escape from everything that holds us back from knowing it. May we become absolutely surrendered. Amin. Amin.
یارب العالمین